Today is March 15th, 2020. I almost forgot the year. Okay. Uh, you're listening to the Rough and Tumble podcast. Okay. I didn't. Know. I didn't know if I was supposed to start talking. So, um. <clears throat> <laughs> what a great intro! We we talked about this. <laughs> we planned how we were going to do this, and then Mitch just dropped <laughs> the whole thing. I almost just got up and left. <laughs> this is why. Yeah, this is why I do the intros, bro. I know. No, I'm. This is what happens when you change things up. You can do it. Sound it um, out. Yeah, so we do have a topic today, right? So uh, we've been kind of going back and forth between having guests and having topics and stuff like that. So we have a topic today, and um, it's kind of an interesting one. Yeah. It was really weird for me to research it. Um, I, I didn't like typing it into my Google search bar. How did you How did you first hear about it? Was it from us talking about it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So I have a friend, a close friend that introduced me to it, and I have to tell you that he was the one that introduced me to it. Um <laughs> No other, no, nothing else. Go ahead. Well, it, it's it's a sport that's close to what we do, um, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I do on the weekends. It's what, it, yeah. I mean, um, one of my favorite parts about this particular sport is that um, it combines two of my favorite things, which is wrestling and food. And mm-hmm. um, so, because when I was reading about it, is when I found out that they use olive oil in this particular sport uh, to really grease it up. So, um, with that being said, we are talking about Turkish, Turkish food wrestling. Tur- <laughs> One, the, two, I thought you said three. there was food. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Turkish oil wrestling. Um, so now you guys can probably imagine why I was weird about putting it in my Google search bar, which is, it's weird because if you type it into Google and then you click on videos, you get a hodgepodge. Uh, yeah. You get, you get some weird stuff. Yeah, so. um, don't use Pornhub as your Google mm. search. <laughs> The, but we do – so we're going to talk about Turkish oil wrestling this episode. Be ready for that. And then we also have, – we have some other things that we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot of activity on Patreon uh, this week. Uh, you guys have been sending in some good questions and some good um, stuff like that. And then uh, – well, really, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do – We have a really exciting episode for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Way to really set it up, Johnny. <laughs> we do make one promise, and this is the only time that we're going to bring it up is we are not going to talk about anything that is political or um, what's going on in the country right now with the virus and everything, um, just because we want this to be a vacation for everybody out there uh, from all of that. And we don't want to push, like, honestly, I don't really want to get into the political realm of it, whether you believe whatever. Mm-hmm. it's Something's happening, and whatever it is that's happening is bad, no, pretty much no matter what you believe. And it'll be over in a couple of months anyway, so what's the point of and, wasting bandwidth yeah. and airtime and your drive time? Because most of the, our listeners listen to us while they're driving, so there's no sense in, in wasting their time with, with the with that stuff. So And just not to add on to it. Yeah, so. do, why, why contribute to it? So. That's, that's all we're going to say 
about that. What a great episode. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did have a question uh, from Eric on Patreon. Um, he's he's asking how to um, – he, he's a newer white belt and he's having issues retaining the information uh, when he's rolling, like the information that they're being taught during that day. And I'll start with um, you're not alone. Like that's a very, very common problem um, because you're being taught something and then you're being thrown into a tornado. Like how are you supposed to ever remember that kind of stuff? It's tough. Um but yeah, we have some suggestions. I'll let you go ahead and say. Okay. Um, for me over the years, um, one of my biggest, um, uh, so for those who, who haven't been listening to the podcast, I'm retarded. And so because of that, I also have issues retaining information, especially when there's a lot of details and, and complex movements and, and multiple steps and things like that. It's the reason I never got into the Baron Bolo. It's the reason I never really got into a lot of the De La Hiva stuff. Um, there was just too many steps for me to really um, get into. And it's one of the things that I've always thought was interesting about your style whenever you would post up your technique videos and I would watch you hit those Barambolo sweeps and all that. And I remember just thinking like, how does he remember all those fucking steps? Because I watch the video right before I do the, <laughs> right before I do the technique. And so, um, and even if I tried to do that, if I watched a, a, a Mikey Musabashi video and then they started filming me, I would probably end up just teaching something completely different. Yeah. You know? Like I couldn't do it. But uh, so what I found for me was I just had to dumb it down and simplify it. One, I keep my game very simple. Um, and so for the longest time, I would say that there were only two types of guard, open and closed, right? So that's literally how I broke it down for myself to to think about guard positioning was it was either open or it was closed, right? I didn't overcomplicate it. Um, and now, um, aside from making things systematic, I look at it and go, my opponent can either go left or right. So I just have to have two answers if they go left and two answers, if they go right from depending on the position. Um, and then I just systemize things. So now when I teach my kid, uh, my, my students, um, I, I teach them, a, a basically it's, it's what I would, I guess it's a form of a kata. I hate to say that. Mm. Um, but it's, it's part of that, that system that karate used for years of not the repetitiveness, but just giving them saying, Hey, look, when you pass the guard and go neon belly, if they roll away, you're going to take their back. That's it. Don't think, don't think about anything else. You're just going to take their back, right? Um, and then that's what they do because then when they get in that position, they don't have to remember anything other than, well, Coach Mitch said that I got to take the guys back. Yeah. You know? If you if you think about it, the way that I've always kind of described what, what you're explaining, the katas and stuff, is like if you take a piece of, you know, a vinyl record with no grooves on it and then put it on the record player, it's not going to play any music. Right. You have to carve those grooves out so the needle will fit into it and glide along that that groove. Once those grooves are cut, then once you put the needle down, it'll start playing music. It's kind of the same thing with your body. You need to cut those grooves out and make sure that those movements are uh, are, are second nature. I do an arm drag. I get around the elbow, come up to the to the back, you know, do whatever from there. But like, um, that's that's a groove that you're creating that they're giving you a specific situation, and you know exactly what to do from that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, the kata thing, I one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's tough to. I have a. I've had some people that were like, "Well, I wouldn't do this from here." You know, like if you're on top or whatever, like I wouldn't do this from here. So why am I allowing this person to do that? I'm like that's not really the goal. Our goal is to make you make that mistake, mm -hmm. so that then I can do A, B, and C. Um, did you have more? Um, I also use funneling. Um, I teach my students a lot of funneling. Um, 
meaning that you you slowly learn to take away a person's options mm -hmm. and so you funnel them into what you do know you know and so i'm really good at the modified mount where the you pass the guard and kind of go into that modified mount position and i'm good at attacking the back from there so what do i do well over the years i have gotten to the point where i just don't give my opponent an option when i get to the modified mount position i put myself in a position body wise that gives me what I want and they don't have a choice but to make the decisions that I'm giving them. Right. Um, but that's further down the line. I don't think that's a white belt no, uh, thing. No, yeah. You know, obviously, but yeah, so to to end my rant uh, or to end my spiel, I would say from a white belt's perspective, like like you said, I think that was a great analogy. It's right now white belts are looking at things from such a, a wide open aperture that there's so much information coming in at one time that they can't prioritize the information. And mm -hmm. then as they develop the gross motor skill, as they learn that, okay, every time I pass the guard, it's going to look and feel this way. Eventually, you don't think about that. Like nobody consciously thinks about walking because you've been doing it for so long. You consciously make the decision to start running. But once you're running, you're not thinking about the fact that you're running. And then if you have to jump over something, then a conscious thought comes in and then it goes right back into autonomy. That's kind of what jiu-jitsu, eventually it becomes automatic. And then you just have to make the decisions once you encounter something that doesn't make sense. Um, and so over time, your aperture gets smaller and smaller and smaller to where you're looking at the finer motor skill details. But right now, it's just such a wide open thing. Um, my advice would be to just. Late like, advice. Yeah. <laughs> my advice would be to um, start trying to narrow your picture down. Um, pick a pick a position. And then just study that position is and, and, and look at your options from that position. Instead of looking at jujitsu as a every time the, the, the time starts and you slap hands, don't look at that thing. Don't look at it as a round. Take it from position to position to position. So if the person knocks you over and puts you in half guard and you're on the bottom, just handle that position. Just deal with that and then work on that. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that would be my advice. For me, the, the, I get this question a lot. How, you know, how do I get better? A very, very thing is like show up, which I know this person in particular, he shows up to class and he does, he, he listens and he trains and he, he does what he's supposed to right now. Um, but the next piece of advice that I, I give everybody is get a notebook and write that shit down. I have, uh, Mitch can attest. I have stacks of composition notebooks over there from like literally the very first day i did jujitsu i have it all written down every every kind of class or travel anytime i traveled i always wrote down in great detail what went on and the interesting thing about it is i've gone back in like those early notebooks and read through and i'm like dude i have no fucking clue what, what I, was I was talking thinking, about yeah. but here's the interesting thing is uh <clears throat> my very first notebook uh one of the the very first page fell out I had a bunch of bullshit written down on there and i was like this doesn't make any sense, but I want to keep this page because it's the very first page I've ever written down. So I saved it in the back and then I took it and, you know, I just copied it down. I wrote it, uh, rewrote it down on another piece of paper in the notebook. As I'm writing it, I'm remembering exactly what I was talking about and exactly what the move was, all of that. And I'm like, oh, I do that move still. And I'm starting to understand what I was trying to say. Even like most of it was just uh, shorthand that I made up to be quicker with it, you know, like. Instead of saying the left hand, I would say L hand or whatever, stuff like that, you know? And uh, it all started making more sense. So definitely write things down. I think that's huge. And then the second piece of advice I had gotten from somebody, um, I can't remember even who gave it to me, 
They're saying you need to to try the moves that you were taught in the class that you were taught it. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you free roll, which most most gyms and and sometimes I'll go, we'll do a class without free rolling, which is fine. Everybody, you don't have to free roll every class. You don't have to pohada every day, despite what uh, what's his face says, Hanu Yeah. Um, we. We uh we pohada sometimes, <laughs> occasional pohada, co- occasional pohada, um, but anyways, you you need to try to do the move that you were taught in that class because it needs to be, you need to test it immediately. It needs to be fresh on your mind. You need to go in, and I guarantee if you're doing an armbar from close guard, and you go in and you're like, ah, oh, I didn't do the, I couldn't get the armbar from close guard. You will be able to solve it that day. The reason why you didn't get that, oh, I forgot to break their posture. Because I guarantee we went over that detail. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to forget those details, but screwing it up as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. after learning it is the only way for you to remember what details. Um, Do you remember when Tito Ortiz did the Ultimate Fighter? Mm -hmm. Um, As the coach or? Yeah. As the coach. And he had Matt Hamill Mm -hmm. on his team. Did you ever? The death guy? Yeah. Uh, Do you remember watching? Oh, no, no. He had... Matt Hamill was on the opposite team, I think, mm-hmm. and this guy lost to him by an armbar or something like that. Tito, this guy's like crying and screaming, throwing a big fit about it. And Tito's like begging him and was like, listen, please just listen to me. If you will lay down right now and let me show you how to get out of this submission right now. I mean, like five minutes after the fight, he's like, if you let me do this right now, I promise you, you will never get caught in it again. Because right at that moment was the perfect time for him to mm-hmm. learn exactly what he needed to do to get out of that that situation and people but people don't want to do that people don't want to hear that people don't want to you know you lost you got beat up and you're like oh fuck this i just want to pout and be upset and that's where surrendering your ego is uh is i think so important because i need to be able to get submitted by somebody of equal or even lesser rank and be able to turn around and be like dude how'd you do that will you please show me that you know yeah and the uh, you mentioned the ego thing and um something that I, d- I didn't like to do all the way probably till brown belt um, was, and maybe the reason I'm more apt to do it now is because why the fuck not? Like yeah. I've been doing this for 13 fucking years. Like I'm going to be doing this until I can't do it again. So there's no end game for me. It's just continue to get better. But um, now, so one, I do always try to get the move of the day, um, which is what I, so when I teach my 6am classes, if I teach a particular series, I try to get that on somebody that morning mm-hmm. um, for two reasons. One, I want my students to know like, oh shit, the effectiveness this stuff, of it, it works, mm-hmm. you know? Two, that like you said, that's how I really figure it out because I taught a very particular turtle setup the other last week and I was training with Harrison Kemp and um, I could not get it on him. Like I was getting it on people left and right and then I went to try to do it to him and it wasn't working. And I had to develop a new way. So I, I had the, the groundwork was laid on how to do the technique. Then I had to modify that technique to make it better. So now when I teach it again, it's going to be that much better to my students. That's a good, that's a good point because like just because you're taught a move from a black belt does not mean that that move that you now have is a black belt belt right. move yet. Right. Um, because even if you are, that's the why, black belt. right. That's why it takes time is like, you then have to take it. I take moves all the time, and I start working on the white belts, yep. and I, during free roll or whatever. And they're and when they get to the point where like my higher level white belts are like, dude, I cannot. You hit me with that armbar eight times in that round. 
then I'm like, okay, now I start to start yeah. to gauge it on how I'm doing against the blue belt. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you can't expect I ha all the time I'll teach a move and then somebody will come in and roll with me and be like, oh, you saw that coming because you knew the move. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, dude, I've been doing this for a long fucking time. You know, like, <laughs> of course I did. But you have to remember that, like, I'm not the one that you should be testing those things on. Right. right. Yes, go for it. But don't get frustrated whenever you can't do it. The other thing I wanted to say, two more things. <laughs> I'm gonna be here. We're gonna do this all day. Um, a play games with yourself <clears throat> about <laughs> about how you're how you're rolling. Um, go in and say like, all I'm gonna do is arm bars today. All I'm gonna do is be on bottom today. I'm gonna start off all my rounds inside underneath side control. You've got to like set goals and like play little games with how you're rolling. Not all of the time because some days it's time to pohada yep. and you got to go in and you're like, today I'm just gonna win. And then other days you're like, I'm just going to go in and flow and I'm going to like let people beat me and try to work out of the position with technique. Um, but you have to, the, the difficult part where people struggle is A, that has to vary week to week and day to day. You can't always go hard. You can't always go light. You've got to vary those intensities and those different training mindsets. And then um, what was it? Where, where else were people going wrong? I don't remember. Well, I lost my train of thought. You, you said a, an important word there, and I think this is where we lose focus uh, as as practitioners is training. Yeah. Right? So I, when you were talking about varying your throughout week to week, whatever, varying your pohada, varying your drilling, varying all those things, the thing to remember is that you're training. Yeah. So you have to vary your training in order to maximize effectiveness. Like if you're wanting to become faster at running a 5K, you don't just go out and run a 5K every day. That's not mm -hmm. how you get faster. I know it seems in your mind like that would be the, the case, right? But you're going to have to have a day where you just go do sprints because it increases this area of your running ability. Other days, you're going to go out and you're just going to run for an hour, not even keeping time because it's going to effectively increase your, your endurance. And then other times, you're going to go run a fucking 5K. And so when it comes to jiu-jitsu training – it's the same thing. Like in order for you to get better on the bottom in half guard, you have to be there. Yeah. And our ego gets in the way a lot of times. And if I'm I'm a top player, I fucking hate being on the bottom, right? And so, but what I what do I have to do? In order to get better, I have to force myself to be there. Yeah. And a lot of like I, I'm sure you you understand this too. Is like, for instance, if you're on half guard under bottom and you're training with a bunch of blue belts that you know that you can just get pick up, up and bench press mm -hmm. them when you want to, that's probably not the best method to approach that you should you know if i'm going like for instance i have a bunch of girls in my gym they're all really talented and technical but if i just started smashing the hell out of them then yeah like i'm probably gonna win my goal is to be more technical than than they are i have a a purple belt that's a lot smaller than me and like when i when i'm like okay i'm just gonna smash and i'm gonna win today i usually beat him mm -hmm. but whenever i'm like okay i'm gonna try and be more technical than him he usually beats the crap out of me we we me and Josh always say that he's the best in the gym. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> he's gonna coach all my classes from now on. But um, but you get the point. And I think, yeah, I think you have to play. You have to start playing these games with your mentality and your approach to it. That's the biggest thing. And then write things down. I can't stress that enough. And it always it also depends on the way that you cognitively receive information because I'm not a journalist. Like I, I so. You you mentioned writing things down. A lot of people I talk to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I, every time I've, I've taught seminars, 
where five people show up with notebooks because they yeah. want to write stuff down, right? Um, I won't. Uh, I won't write out my classes though. When I'm yeah, yeah, teach. yeah. I, yeah. I don't do that. Either. I usually do that off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. I'll have a position in mind. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry. There's not a. I wish there was a more uh, professional way that we do this, but we don't. A yeah. lot of times, I show up and go, "Who wants to learn?" Well, yeah, and I look at the class. I'm like, "Who is able to yeah. learn?" <laughs> exactly. No, that's a really good point as well. Because uh, the Friday beginner class I teach, like. Um, I'll walk in with an idea and then I'll look and go, oh, I have three people that have never done jujitsu. Yeah. Today. All right. I guess we're doing mount escapes. Yep. You know, um, but for me, writing things down in a jujitsu mindset, that's not how I learn. Now in college, I write things, I write things down because I have to memorize it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's how I do remember things. But for me, it I have to find a, a bridging of the gap. Right. And so as long as I can find something to analogize it to, so if, if it can, if I can just make the technique make sense as to why I'm doing it, then I've got it. Oh, you did the you same know? thing. Like I did in school, I was always loud and made fun of everything that we went over, but that was my way of memorizing. Yeah. It. Yeah. So you're I, saying it over and over again and you can remember. And it. I would like, if I made a funny joke about it, then on the test, I'd be like, oh yeah, I yeah. made that funny joke. And chlorophyll, laughed. more like borophyll. Yeah. You the, know? the girl, that girl looked at me and winked whenever I said it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah I'm much I'm, more likely to remember that. I'm not much of a a, a journalist. Uh, have you tried it? Would you just? Yeah, I have. Um, Don't just give me a bullshit answer. No, no, no. no. I actually tried it. I really did. I did try it. Um, and I just found that what happens is when I'm writing things down, I'm I'm missing details that I should be seeing. Yeah. Does that make so? Like, if I'm writing it down, like I can't do both, and so I opted to be because I'm a visual learner, and so I have to see where where they're positioning their body and stuff like that versus writing it down. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's other people that talk about, you know, like a, a, a mindscape type thing, you know, or whatever. And, oh yeah. Like having a, yeah, yeah. I've done, mm -hmm. I've done stuff like yeah. that. That helps, um, a lot whenever that helped me a lot whenever I was like white or blue belt and I had only a handful of techniques and I was trying to game plan for a match Yeah, yeah because yeah. then I could say like, uh, grapplers, grapplersguide.com shout out to them real quick. Cause mm -hmm. they, have got some awesome material. They're not paying us, but um, they yeah. do have some really good material. Especially if you just sign up for his email list, mm -hmm. he'll send you a bunch of. A bunch Is that of the shit. Jason Scully guy? Yeah, who's okay. actually another Lloyd Irvin product. Really? Yeah, well, but he split before all of that yeah, happened, he, and split. I think because of it. I've always liked his his videos. There's a there's a, such a huge number of big jujitsu stars that are. Lloyd Irvin people, they, mm -hmm. none of them talk about it anymore. It was weird. No. I should not talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to beat a dead horse for days. Um, yeah, that's that's our two cents on uh, on learning gooder. Uh, that was about two hours long for that, but whatever. That's all right. That's what people want to hear, you know. The, um, oh, you know, he did have another, he did have some more points that he wanted, he asked. Um, I had it all pulled up as, Okay. Uh, what can I do to focus on to improve? Oh, we already said that. Okay, we answered all your uh, all your questions. Come back, try again next week. <laughs> well, we did have we did have a I had an, a couple of people that came in, dropped into the gym to come see me. Um, unfortunately, I was at a funeral that day, um, and I missed it. But that was pretty cool that they came in to roll, um, and do all of that. That was really neat. Um, sorry that I missed it. Hopefully, I'll get the next one. So if you want to get a hold of us, message us on the Patreon. I think that's slowly becoming the the better way mm -hmm. uh, to talk to us. Instagram now is being ran by like three different people. So Well, two, because I have no access to it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you can if you want. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, so like Instagram, we'll, we'll respond to your messages, but sometimes they get uh, lost in the ether between me and Stephanie. I'll think that she's going to respond. She thinks that I'm going to respond. With the Patreon, uh, I agree 100% because it's attached to our Gmail account. Yeah. And so I get notifications. You get notifications. Um, so I do agree that if if you want to um, get information to us, the Patreon is the best way to do it. Or just email the Gmail account as yeah. well. Um, I usually won't like respond this. to the Patreon messages no, right I'll just away. just look at it. Yeah. Because... Yeah, a lot of them take a little bit of thought and I like to try and give myself a week or so to mm-hmm. think about my response and be like, if I'm going to say it on the podcast, I don't want to like type it all out as well. Um, because that's how this works is like, we have to give you something to keep coming back. Oh, you come listen to the podcast. If you want your answer. Did, uh, my buddy, Dave, um, I guess he responded to, an, he, so he's catching up on the episodes. Okay. Yeah. My buddy, Dave Henson. And, uh, he, he loves the show and, uh, he, it's one of those things where it's weird because if you've noticed, like all your friends like to give me shit, yeah, and all my friends like to give you shit. I haven't gotten any shit from your friends. I yet. know because I only it have coming like right two now? or three friends. No, um, it, he. So my buddy Dave uh, commented on one of the YouTube videos about one of the bands that you had. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that I had suggested. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that we have an album review finally. We do have an album review. Ones. Yeah, somebody yeah. asked. We had two people ask for. Yeah, album it was, I think it was one of my buddies, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, asked about that. And then yeah. Amber, she had. Uh, yeah. She gave us the band to actually review. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dave, Dave said that, uh, that he, he tried to listen to the band that you would, you would mentioned. And, uh, he said his grandfather came in and asked, uh, he said it sounded like, uh, I think he said two cats fighting in a yeah. box or something like that. But like good cats though, right? <laughs> they were like, like, like talented cats. They were fucking rad cats, dude. <laughs> um, shout out to Anthony also, man, because, uh, so, um, I've known Anthony now since 2016. I met him while we were deployed together. Um, and he, he's obviously in the military as well. He's a purple belt. He started training jujitsu with me in the desert as he was like a white belt. Matt Blank was yeah. with us. Um, Matt Blank is one of, uh, uh, Mr. Dreen's black belts as well. Really talented black belt, uh, out of, he's in Arizona now. But, um, so Matt was running the jujitsu program in Kuwait that, and Anthony started training out there. Um, and then I met Anthony because he was a, a trans driver. Uh, let me, let me specify what that means. <laughs> He hit one of his jobs. So being air crew, one of his jobs is uh, he picks us up from ops and takes us to our airplane and drops us off so we can so we can get our mission started. And um, don't you say that. Oh, don't say it. Does it say not recording? It keeps glitching. Oh, we've been having issues with OBS. Yeah, it kept glitching. And I thought the, it was. the video keeps glitching. What's it yeah. say? What's it say under recording right now? Does it say start recording or stop recording? Oh, cool. Isn't that fantastic? I'm fine as long as the audio is still going. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just go up to the top of OBS up in the left-hand corner. Where it says, uh, left-hand corner. Where it says OBS. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, you're you're up top. There you go. Go down, go down. Believe me, I've sat in your, in your shoes, uh, Stephanie. It is not easy. Yeah. To, to see anything from that angle up just a little bit more to the to the where it says oh click on that click on the ob, the screen again where yeah just click that and then go up to obs and click the <laughs> yeah i'll do it uh you keep talking though. yeah yeah so um anthony started when he was a white belt and i actually got to watch anthony start as a young white belt um 
and then he continued training, which it was kind of interesting to see guys start training in the desert because there's nothing to do there. So a lot of guys start training jujitsu while they're in the desert. Um, but you're, you're pretty sure that once they get home, they're not going to continue training. And in fact, we had a guy uh, that trained with us in the desert who is stationed at Little Rock. Um, I ran into him at the base gym uh, when I got back. And he was like, dude, I'm totally coming to West Side to start training. And then he never showed up. You know, So That's he was one of those cool. examples of like the white belt that started and then didn't continue. Right. But Anthony, however, is a purple belt now. And so it was really cool to see him start training like organically like that. Just something he always wanted to do. Started doing it with a small group of guys there in Kuwait and then got home, continued training, really got serious about it. Um, he's been a fan of the show since day one. Yeah, um, he is. He really is. He's been there every step. He's probably one of the more active listeners on the YouTube channel. He's mm -hmm. always posting on the on the YouTube channel. He's not going to this week though, because no. guess what? There's no video. There's, for yeah, this week. sorry. We'll we'll figure it out. We can figure out an alternative. We'll mm -hmm. we'll do a video or something. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure something out as um, an alternative. And he's actually currently deployed right now. Uh, he'll be home soon. Um, and so. Did I meet him? Was he at the seminar? Was that the guy that I met at mm -mm. the seminar? There no, no. Somebody... Anthony lives in Pennsylvania or, or yeah, Pennsylvania, I oh, or Pittsburgh, one of those two. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in the Niagara Garden. I'm probably getting all that wrong. So I, I apologize, Anthony, but he's a really good dude. I've known him for a lot of years. It's really cool. I got to watch him grow up in jujitsu. I got to watch him uh, go from dating to being engaged to getting married to his wife and over the years. And it's really cool. We met through jujitsu, stayed in touch through social media. And then he was an organic fan of, of the podcast. So. That's really cool. I've got a, uh, so I'm not going to shout out this podcast because I messaged them and then they just were like, haha, that's cool, man. And I was like, okay, well, obviously you don't want to we'll collaborate. Um, but I found it really interesting. Our idea of jujitsu and, um, and hardcore or, mm -hmm. or like the music scene, our mm -hmm. music scene and and like trying to figure out a way to blend that. I found a, uh, a podcast that is actually doing the exact same thing with really? the exact same music scene, but with hockey, Interesting. hockey and hardcore music or, I could see that. you know, that kind of stuff, which again, those go well together. Mm -hmm. So I'm like looking through their Instagram, their, their style is like exactly like ours. I mean, like strangely like ours. Strangely? Not, no, not strangely, not quite that, <laughs> that much, but the 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 uh what it, what is it that the millennials call now the um aesthetic the oh aesthetic okay is I got the same. so very 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 similar I was like wow that's pretty interesting that like but we draw a lot of our aesthetics from the punk the skate scene yeah you and, know and things like that oh so. and the other thing too is one of their uh one of the people that are on the podcast is also a graphic designer that owns a t-shirt company interesting I was like well that's pretty interesting because I'm also a graphic designer that's owning a t-shirt company not own, i don't really own it but we're starting a t-shirt company go. there we go um which was i just thought that was interesting we're not alone in our mm -hmm. idea of that but we should get into our uh album review of yep. mono lords empress rising super um interesting i have two <laughs> i don't have any facts about this band we just listened to the album because uh amber told us to she mm -hmm. wanted uh, more album reviews. I was like, okay, great. What album you want to review? I put yeah. it all on her. Um, she said Monolord and then said, never mind. She said, never mind after she suggested it? Yeah, she wanted something else. I was like, too late now. Too late. Yeah, you don't get to do that. Um, but <laughs> imagine imagine a dude in the studio playing guitar with a blunt in his mouth <laughs> and then two other dudes and he just hits three chords that are like super sludgy and just like, bah! 
And then two other dudes were like, fuck yeah, dude. Just keep playing that for like 15 minutes. Just keep it going, bro. What's keep funny, the vibe alive. Because Empress Rising, which is, I guess, like their single uh, or whatever, is 13 minutes long. This is, it's this for 15 minutes. I'm into it. I like it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like it. Let's right. not play the whole damn yeah, song. Yeah, we're not. I'm, I don't have 12 minutes. About life. every three minutes, he goes, Empress Rising. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> and yeah. it's, uh, it's it's good, but it's like yeah. study music for stoners. Yes. If you put on uh, the lo-fi chill hop study playlist for stoners, that's what it would be. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so I'm I'm uh... I'm into it. I like it. the uh, The album is Empress Rising. Mm -hmm. It's very sludgy, very like uh, ethereal. I feel like playing Dungeons and Dragons in a basement and. and and, I uh, actually thought that it was it listening had, to Rush. It what it reminded me of was if Tool and Typo Negative got together and started a band. That's what it would sound like. I didn't feel like it was. I mean, I, I hear the I hear Tool. Where you're coming from with that? A the little vocals bit. sounded a lot like Maynard's vocals, and the music itself kind of has that like drudgy Typo Negative sound yeah. to it. Um, I don't like either one of those bands, so I'm mm. not going to. She hates me. That's the only song <laughs> I remember from Typo Negative. I don't remember what it is. I'm not going to compare it to either <laughs> one of those bands, because <laughs> um, I do. I do like the the album. It's... I did too. It just I'm I'm not a big instrumental guy. Yeah, I need vocals. I'm and, the same uh, way. I so... need a hook. You know, like yes, I love I love catchy shit. That's why I love like pop punk so much. Oh, absolutely, dude. I love the catchy shit. Um, not to say that there wasn't. Well, no, there wasn't really any hooks. No, in any of that there was music. not even a chorus. Like, it was like if explosions in the sky uh, <laughs> only played three chords. Yeah, it's like um, dream, theater, but really good. But yeah, they're really good. <laughs> I'm not hating on this band. No. Let me repeat, I'm not hating on them. They are good. Yeah, it's just you got to be in the mood. Yeah, you got to be in the mood. You, you've got to be like studying mm -hmm. or uh, doing something that requires like a lot of focus on what you're doing and can't be taken off yeah. with like a hook or whatever. Yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. If you want a band that you don't ever have to worry about getting caught up singing along to the song. <laughs> yeah. Like, Other than every the, six yeah. minutes, you just go, Empress Rising. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's a great album. It I was. do love it. Check it out. Mono Lords, Empress Rising. Definitely. I thought, Stephanie thought it wasn't good driving music because she was like a about to fall asleep yeah i thought it was pretty good driving music because mm -hmm. i was just like if it's like background music yeah you know, i'm like, just kind of in that zone thinking and uh not really like see, i have a habit of like sing along with the music that's in the car yeah and i wasn't i found myself just more like deep in thought well it's mainly mainly because uh there's nothing to sing along to <laughs> yeah i think i was getting <laughs> secondhand high <laughs> the smoke was coming out of my speakers in the car <laughs> stephanie um, you wanted to say something Oh, I was just going to say, I was, uh, by the time I was listening to it, I was in hour, like five and a half of my 11 hour <laughs> yeah. drive Friday. And so you were in like Kansas, which is super in flat. Nowhere, Kansas. Yeah. There was nothing but farms and truck stops. Truck Dude, I stops. totally forgot you had a microphone over there, honestly. Oh, yeah. I forgot we hooked it up over there. I was like, when you started talking, I was like, how is she coming in so clear? <laughs> I know, y'all have to how, keep me in the corner. How can you hear okay. us without headphones on? Yeah, that's really the question. It's a struggle. Yeah. It is a different experience, though, when I was on yeah, the Yeah, no, I did it last the... week. I didn't like it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you had the... Yeah, I can imagine. Like, instead, we're just over here talking into, like, pantyhose. Yeah. Stretched <laughs> over a, a circle. <laughs> that's got to be such a weird, like, 
Imagine if aliens came down right now and like just saw what we were doing. They'd be like, the fuck are you guys doing? You're just talking to a, a tin can. They would just be like, nope. And no. then they just leave. Yeah, we're leaving. <laughs> Bye. Um, Next planet. Dude, no further development on... I've had some people question, ask me about uh, if the, my woods are any more haunted yet. Mm-hmm. No development on that. Nothing new. I huh? forgot to mention last week when we came to see you, th- this is why me and Mitch are work well together and we're such good friends. Is I went to go see Mitch uh, at his baby, <laughs> at his baby having party. Um, also known in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Mitch, I got a metal detector. And he goes, dude, do you think they'll let us dig up at that Civil War memorial? <laughs> I was like, dude, that's why we're friends. Like, He wasn't like, why the fuck would you get that? Immediately he was like, was let's go of, find treasure. I was thinking of uses for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I can appreciate that so fucking much. The yeah. second my dad brought it here, both of us were like, "Let's go outside and check it out." <laughs> like, see what it reminds find. me of that uh, that scene from Step Brothers when they have the night vision goggles. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, uh, you know, it's better than having night vision goggles when you're a kid, having them when you're thirty. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, now you can do stuff yeah. with it. Yeah. Oh man, I I do wish I had night vision goggles. I do too. My woods aren't haunted any more haunted yet. I do think there's meth being mm-hmm. made back there or sex trafficking. I haven't decided yet. I, I do think that there's, um, I think it's, there's definitely some trafficking going on. I don't know what type, maybe it's moonshine bo- bootlegging or. Oh, it would uh, be honestly freaking cool if it was moonshine. Oh man, wouldn't it be or cool? if they're growing drugs back there. Like what if. A what big if, weed farm or something. What if one day you just looked out your door and then like an old 1948 model a was just driving um well you don't see that every day we need to get a drone over the woods is what we need to do i feel like that i feel like if we got a drone it would it would demystify the scenario because you have this big view now but that's what i want (laughs) i'm scared (laughs) i don't want to be scared anymore no i honestly i want to know what's back there Cause I want to, I want to go back there, but I also don't want to die, Mm-mm. and I don't have a gun. Well, yeah, but we know your neighbor does. Yeah, yeah Mitch, do you to... think we could like, do you think you could fly over that for me real quick? Give me, just give me the coordinates. <laughs> Is that legal? Give me the coordinates, and I may already fly over it. And just you don't have know. my address. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, can you take a quick left real quick? <laughs> That's. What's funny is that's easier. That's actually easier to do than you realize. Are you able to? Is that <laughs> how you guys are? So I, I don't know how much of this you're allowed to give up, but like, is that kind of how you? I know you guys will like fly over the Buffalo area mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Every every time I've been out at the Buffalo with okay. like a group of people at night, they're flying over, and every single time people are like, "Yo, they're looking for weed." No, we're not. And like, because <laughs> everybody's worried that like down at the Buffalo, they're like growing weed or whatever. Yeah. Every single time people are like, "Yo, they're they're searching for weed right now." No. That's not what if there was a helicopter, maybe. Yeah. I can tell you that there's not a single C one thirty flying in the area that is looking, it's looking for weed. Looking for weed. What would we how would we know if we found it? Right? Like what and what are you gonna do? Like drop in on it? Yeah. Like <laughs> turn around, go back. Hold on, land right here, guys. You ever seen a ship try to turn around in the ocean? That's what it's like for a C one thirty to turn back around. Like it's not just a U turn. Yeah. You know, like it's it takes like 30 seconds to make a turn you know like it's not a i've seen you guys thing. fly around pinnacle mountain too yeah we can that's, like that's really a lot close. of fun yeah but are you so you guys just up there like yeah dude just wing it wherever you want to go yeah so we're we're under what's called during those times we're vfr which is visual flight rules if the weather's nice enough then we basically have like kind of a not car blanche per se but we have a, a a flight path that we have to maintain 
but we are given lateral deviations plus or minus. And so we can go so far left and so far right of our course That's pretty um, cool. to kind of do stuff like that for training and stuff like that. Yeah. And when we do the the Buffalo River or uh, going up toward Batesville, those are a lot of fun for us because we're literally f- using the river as our course. So we'll drop down in about 250 feet, maybe 400 feet off the ground from the from the river and we just follow the river up and we've got canyons on both sides. It's really awesome. So really when you that see cool. us doing that, we're not looking for weed. We're just having fun. <laughs> yeah. Like that's it. Like, well, that's yeah. what everybody down there doing, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just trying to have a good time. Quit, Quit out there scouting for weed. If, uh, which is funny because some guy like uh, is lighting up a blunt, like, Oh my God, <laughs> you guys hear that? You know, it's like, um, that, that's what Stephanie thought you were talking about. Was talking. What? What is it? <laughs> you did you just shush me? I'm sorry. Um, no, it's funny that people think that though, because we're we're probably um, accidentally disrupting some serious weed trade down yeah. there on accident. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. So we still haven't. We're 40 minutes in, and we haven't said a damn thing about Turkish, Turkish oil wrestling. Well, you know, Stephanie's given us the uh, speed it up thing, but I'm here to tell you there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to Turkish oil wrestling. There's um, there's not... I think that should be our next Patreon video. What's that? You and Johnny. Turkish, Turkish oil wrestling? Turkish wrestling? Yeah. Oh, that would be... That's a good idea, Good actually. luck. I'm never going to not get I'd like for it to be a little bit more warm <laughs> before I get out there and oil up. I know. I've So I didn't get to study nearly as much this is one of the first times that mitch did more studying which wasn't even that much more <laughs> i've watched a couple of videos because my friend josh introduced me to it um he's gonna be so mad when he, oh shit i didn't want to be that person. did you hear that oh. stephanie you got a microphone my can's already open do you want to so, fire him real quick open all cans now well, what's funny is uh i looked over and i was gonna make a joke because if your can wasn't opened I was going to go, hey, Stephanie, I hope you weren't planning on drinking that tea today because you're not going to drink it while we're recording. Um, but you already had it open. And then I was like, well, fuck, man, I got to open my drink, too. And it's going to it's going to be funny if you said that and forgot that <laughs> you had an, a can that needed to be open. Or if I had said that and then immediately just opened my can. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mitch, you're fired. Thanks. Just kidding. Stephanie, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. so- with the, so the thing about Turkish oil wrestling, when we were looking into it, um, believe it or not, I I had actually uh, been taught a Turkish oil wrestling move years ago at Westside, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a joke. Like, oh, are you talking about checking the oil? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was my first introduction to the words Turkish oil wrestling. Or I don't Turkish know. Wrestling. I don't know how much of that is. Uh... Actually, comes from Turkish oil wrestling. I don't think any of it does, and I th- I know that in in the Roman days it was a lot of dick grabbing and butthole yeah. grasping because they would wrestle naked. Well, okay, so let's describe what we're talking about because I know some people have seen it. So let's say in a wrestling situation, you're taken down on a single, you mm-hmm. sit down on your butt. Um, you know, like a lot of wrestlers will almost do the splits on a mm-hmm. single uh, to defend the single, and then what they'll do is they'll reach over the back and stick two fingers right in the butthole. Yep. Um, you're not necessarily looking for the butthole, but whatever happens, happens. Path of least resistance. You'll use that, grab it. You know what the dirt, have you ever had the dirty Brazilian? You know mm-hmm. what that is? So hold defense or ankle lock defense? No. Yeah. You stick your, your free, uh, big toe right in their butthole mm. and push and they suddenly will ah! and let go <laughs> real quick. Um, it's called the dirty Brazilian. I'm going to try that next time. Yeah. Sorry, right. Brazilians. Um, but yeah, it, it's effective, I guess. Yeah. The oil, the oil wrestling itself though. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, there's a great highlight video on YouTube where it's like 
it sets it up so well because it's just like in this big field mm-hmm. and a bunch of old dudes who I can only imagine former, are like legends champions. of the sport yes. or whatever. They're like moseying on out there, getting in their chairs with their eyebrows combed up over their forehead. <laughs> and they're like... Just they're rock there, hard. They're sitting Just there watching hard. these dudes shove their hands down each other's pants and like nodding in approval like, mm. oh yeah, mm. that's the that's the dick grab that I used mm. to use. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, it has its origins in the 1300s, I guess it was. And, um, there's like Stephanie had two different accounts. Yeah. We had two it. different accounts. Um, because I read uh, our, our dates were correct. The 1340s time frame was correct. Whenever it kind of came about, it has its obvious roots in Greco Roman wrestling, which is where most all wrestling has its start from. Um, but then, uh, from there, the oiling process is where, uh, Stephanie and I had some uh, differences uh, because where I read was that it was more of a uh, religious thing. Um, the oiling was part of the religious, um, what do you call it? Um, Tradition? There we go. That's the go. word. That's I honestly wasn't even listening. I, I think <laughs> I, I was having a, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the word you're looking for. Right. Uh, yeah. So it was part of the, like a religious tradition or whatever or, or uh, ritual. Ritual. That's what I was looking for. Um, Stephanie said it was because they wanted to keep mosquitoes off, which I think we can all agree is the stupidest thing I've heard in my life. <laughs> the other, <laughs> She's showing me like, no, it's right here. It's written down. Like I, it was a mosquito I repellent. <laughs> no, I, mosquito you always repellent. do a great job with the research, but, um, yeah. So I had, I had, I had read that it was a, a ritualistic thing for the religion because a lot of them are, uh, in that area and the Turkic speaking areas are, uh, like used back and stuff like that. It's a Muslim country. We're not Muslim sure regions. either. Another interesting point is uh, we're not sure if we we have this right. Oh, the, but supposedly they have certain shorts, which I don't. I, I would like to get it, my hands on a pair of these shorts or in a pair of these shorts, if mm-hmm. you'd rather. I want to know what they're what they're reaching for. Are there handles? There's a pocket in there. In there yeah. There's a pocket. Okay. And it's like a handle, very close to the butthole. Oh, we didn't really say this. Like one of the things. So they're basically in like capri shorts. Yeah. So the like capri the shorts they're made out of shorts. leather. Uh, originally they were made out of water buffalo. And then I guess over time, maybe water buffaloes were too hard to kill, or maybe they um, the leather itself was not conducive to the activity. But uh, they moved into calf skin, which probably I don't know, it's softer. more supple, softer, yeah. But they so are like capris. Uh, they're super long leather pants that go down to the knees, and then they have a giant pocket in the back that goes right along the butthole crack, the crack of the ass. And the weirdest part is, is the goal is to get your hand in there. And whoever gets their hand in there wins. No, well, here it says that they need to pin uh, pin them to the, their back with their navel facing the sky. So their belly button needs to face so the, the, the no sky. So there's no pocket situation? Uh, the pocket, no, I think they, the pocket is they uh, do have a grips. Oh, yeah, shorts, I agree. But uh, that I've got, everything I found said that when they win... It's the idea is to get the person on their back. And yeah, like a normal wrestling pin. So yeah, and then their belly button had to face upward. Okay. Here's here's the thing. So those pants are called kispets. Yeah. Kispets. They're leather trousers. Um, they supposedly weigh twenty eight pounds. If they're all leather, what I'm finding is I most of what maybe. Stephanie came across is utter bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> We'll start two. We'll have two different episodes of this one, um, because it says it says here. Um, I could see it weighing twenty eight pounds if it were. The, you have a bunch of oil on it. Oh yeah, it soaks into there. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it's post post match. 
but you would win by achieving an effective hold of the kespit, which is the pants. Thus, the pelvian, which is the, the younger, uh, aims to control his opponent by putting his arm through the latter's kespit. To win by this move is called a pakakazik. Okay, so it sounds like that's another way to win. Yeah, it's another way. You have that one yeah. too? You can like... Now you bring it up. What it sounds to me is like, let's put it in something that we understand is like, let's say that we have geese on. Mm-hmm. If I get a gi grip on, if I get a lapel grip on you and it's 100% controlled, then you cannot break it. Right. Then it's That's like a win. It would be like a win. Yeah. Um, the matches used to go for days. Like um, that was the crazy. So it said uh, originally matches had no set duration and would go on for one to two days until one man was able to establish his superiority. But in 1975, the duration was capped at 40 minutes for the, uh, for the young fighters, and then 30 minutes for the – so there's two different categories. There's the uh, Polivian and the Bass Polivian, and that's like an age group. So there's young Masters and, old. and Yeah, adults. exactly like that. Yeah, so uh, – and if there's no winner, the play continues for another 15 minutes, 10 minutes for the Polivian category, wherein scores are kept to determine the victory. So basically, uh, they're using EBI rules. So yeah. – You know, I, I'd like to – what's interesting about that is like – I've always wanted to do one of those like no time limit MMA style fights, like the Not Valley me. Tudo fights. That never had a like, desire. No. I'm kind of weird like that. It's if too long. I wanted to do when I found out the one championships or whatever allowed soccer kicks. Oh god! Yes. I wanted to get over there Oof. and do that. I've always wanted to do a pride fight, just because it's like oh that's a new thing that I have to think about. Yeah. And I want to do to somebody. And I want to soccer kick somebody in the head so bad. That's the difference between me and you, is that you you really fought MMA. I did. You know what I mean? So like everything about getting punched in the face just sounds shitty. Like, yeah. but, but you were drawn to that, which is something that I thought was interesting. I don't know why. I, yeah. It's like this weird, uh, I've, I always, when I first got into MMA around that time, I always compared it to, compared it, compared it to the golden age of boxing mm-hmm. when the boxers oftentimes had a lot more will and drive and heart than they did money. Yeah, and I felt that way about MMA when it first started, and now it's st- st- turning into a freak show. It it is turning into a freak show. And now, now is the, when you talked about that. Um, so you hear the term prize fighter tossed around a lot in boxing and stuff. And what would what does that kind of allude to as being a prize fighter in the in the boxing realm? I think it just means that you you fight for money. Okay, and, I mean like you. So that's the idea is, is that you're you're not really fighting for honor. And like, would would, you, would that be? I don't like know a, if there's uh, a, like definitely necessarily like a difference in the the i think it's just another way of saying like you you fight professionally i think i've yeah. never i've never determined it because i just differently you hear it used as like a uh almost like a it's never used in a negative light like yeah but i get what you're being, saying yeah. it's like this guy's not a boxer he's, he's a, a prize, prize fighter, fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i get that and so I it could wondering. be like it could be like a all-encompassing like you know he did we don't know if he's a boxer, a kickboxer, MMA fighter. Mm, but then like, again, I've heard that like yeah. back, way back in the day. You know, that so was always used back then. That's why I was curious. Um, that is an interesting term. We should kind of look up and prize fighter. Yeah, we'll do a whole. There episode. was a song called that. <laughs> prize fighter. I don't know if that's the way it goes. I'll look it into. I don't it. know. I'll look into it. Um, but oh, my point was was like the the whole idea of like they were going for forty minutes or mm-hmm. a couple of days. I have friends that fought, and because MMA is such an early development i have friends still that were in hour-long valley tuto oh, matches so hour and a half long valley tuto matches what do you do with that i have a friend in that had those in brazil mm-hmm. you know and like that's crazy and this guy is fucking crazy that, so i get it most of them are 
But uh, that's just it. That's just such a we MMA is like taking. It, it happened on a lot of these sports in boxing, Turkish oil wrestling, all of that. In the earlier days, they had like, um, I want to say that like the old boxing fights, like way back in the day, the the rounds were like twenty one rounds or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was just insane, insane. And so, and then they slowly had to start decreasing those rounds. Um, but you know, like that was happening in MMA in the eighties, mm-hmm. the early nineties. Right? So even up into the two thousands, back when they were called tough man competitions. No, they still do tough man competitions. I know one of my yeah. one of my buddies at Westside is doing one. I actually did one this weekend. I got to find out how he did. He's that. Excuse me. Oh, hey, just exercise the demons. Um, he's that guy though. Brett Brett is his name, and um, he uh, he owns Arch Street. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, but yeah, he was just like, yeah, I'm doing a pro- I'm doing a tough man competition this weekend. I'm like, you fucking would. Like he's such a tough guy. Like he's like he's a BMX guy and he's a an amazing uh, blue belt. And I mean, he gives me fucking fits for a small guy. Like he's got a shit ton of tenacity. So whenever he said he was doing that, I was like, dude, that's absolutely. I, I have no doubt in my mind that you're doing that. You know, and he's like 150 pounds. Isn't it interesting how like people are just drawn to different things like that? It's true. It's so weird, and in at different times in your life too. Like I definitely see now where it's like. I I have the drive and I want to go do those things. Mm-hmm. I want to more than anything, but I also know that that drive is temporary. Yeah, I'll see it. And I'm like, yes, I want to do that so bad right now. And then I'll get in the gym, and after a week of training, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so tired. I've done so much of this, <laughs> you know. Like that's how I am with running. Like I went and ran before I came here this morning. Yeah, and I got halfway through my run and turned around. And it was super windy, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I'm just gonna call an Uber to come pick me up. That's why my honestly, I blame my diet on my amateur years at cutting to 155. Oh yeah, because now I'm like, dude, fuck it, I don't fuck have it. to diet for shit anymore. I did my time. It, it's time weird? to get diabetes, damn it. We, as uh, competitors, we have the we have such terrible eating disorders, <laughs> dude. I really think <laughs> yeah. that it develops an eating disorder. How many times a day do you would you say you probably step on the scale? It's your now none none i don't do it i do uh-uh. it every morning and after every class my when i was fighting mma my coach would like hey every chance you got be like you're fucking fat you could oh, be wow. fat you're, you're <laughs> being fat right and then one time i'll never forget this one time i me and my roommate went to uh the gas station before practice i got a honey bun while i was supposed to be cutting <laughs> weight we i eat it before i get back my roommate makes a beeline to my coach and goes johnny ate a honey bun <laughs> i was like you motherfucker dude and this is the same guy that woke up early in january in the middle of illinois to walk across the street to a gas station at like 7 a.m and get a snickers ice cream bar and then stand outside our hotel window while we're sleeping and eat it so that he knows that we weren't waking up while he was trying to sneak his ice cream bar <laughs> Fuck. luckily i woke up in the middle of it and called him out on it <laughs> dude we had so many stupid stories like that we went to um fuck jack in the box yeah we go to jack, jack in the box we're all we're all we all have fights coming up we're all supposed to be cutting weight which why the fuck we went to a jack in the box i don't know i ordered whatever i'm trying to like keep it healthy or at least like there's nothing pretend to right you know box. and the point like my point was like i'm just not gonna get a lot right yeah portion size we're all in there they're calling like number number 12 number 13 and then they just go Eight tacos, eight tacos. And Aaron's like, man, why the fuck do they have to call out? Why did they just say my goddamn number? <laughs> like, goes up and gets his eight tacos. <laughs> they had to, like, describe the whole 
plate, the entree <laughs> for him so that everybody knew. Yeah. I think MMA and BJJ create. They uh, do. Man. It's, <laughs> eating disorders. We, we, as athletes, it's so far as, as competitors, I should say, like, I, I think about that all the time. And I make the joke in the gym that we are on the scales way more than women are, yeah. you know, like we care so much more about that. And it's so weird. Um, but it's, I don't know, man. It, I think it's part of the, um, I think it's part of the process that we enjoy as well. Like we, we enjoy the hustle of having to that mental strength that it requires to, uh, to yeah. maintain that type of self-discipline, you know, how many brand new white belts, like it's almost like they want to cut weight. I know I had, I've had this conversation, dude, I had it. <laughs> so how much do you think I should cut? Coach? Like zero. Yeah. You should cut. Absolutely. I don't think anybody none. should ever cut. Yeah. You're I dumb. Spent, I spent the, I spent last night sleeping in a, in a sleeping bag in a sauna suit. Yeah. Well, oh, you I'm, did it wrong. Yeah. Um, I had a, a, a student of mine years and years ago, he was a blue belt. And he wasn't, he competed like once in his life, right? So he was going to do a Naga and we show up there to get weighed in and he's just like, oh my God, I'm so fucking hungry. And I was like, why are you hungry? And he's like, I haven't eaten in three days. Oh my God. And I was like, you were cutting five pounds. Mm -hmm. You could do that in a song. Like I never starved myself when I was cutting weight. It was all water manipulation. Mm -hmm. Like I never, I was, I was eating in the sauna, like eating in the sauna and, uh, that was one thing I learned when I was cutting weight was if I didn't eat, my hormone balance would be so fucked up that I would just feel like dog shit. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's, it's easy to replace potassium and sodium. It's really fucking hard to replace all the other shit that you didn't get because you weren't eating. Um, but yeah, I just remember thinking like, why are you not eating? It's such like, a dangerous practice. And it was for five pounds. I remember thinking like five fucking pounds. That's not a weight cut. No. That's a shit. Most in most... I wonder if the if these Turkish oil wrestlers have to take into account their twenty eight pound shorts when well, they cut weight. When they I don't even weight. know that they have weight classes because no. I was looking on here. Um, one of my favorite um, um, names for the Turkish oil wrestling is is uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, but Kara Kukak Guresi. It means ground hugging. Ground so, hugging. Yeah, I like it. I like that. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. <laughs> well, here's the part I was talking about where it says Turkish wrestlers started covering themselves according to Islamic law between the navel and the knees around the 10th century. So that's where I got that. That religious. Oh, so they were like going thing. naked. So do you think the handles, the grips, came up around that time? You know what? I so I was wrong. All right, Stephanie, you, this is the one you get. So covering themselves with clothing, not oil. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which makes sense. That so okay. So I guess that was a piece of it. Where it's like because of Islamic law, that's where the kespit started coming into play. Gotcha. So that's probably century. where they developed the grips. Uh, yes. Here's yes. another thing that it just dawned on me: <clears throat> sumo wrestling. They do kind of the same thing because mm -hmm. they're allowed to grab onto their diapers or oh, whatever. Yeah. Which that's kind of that's that's an interesting thing to me that two sports completely on the opposite sides of the. I don't know where Turkey is. It's not opposite side of the world, but. Well, it's in the hungry area. It's in yeah. Eastern Europe. Dude, we're not going to get into geography in this. I only know because I've been there. Two countries <laughs> in the world. Um, <laughs> they're both on the planet. What are the odds of two countries on the on the earth that would have similar practices? Yeah. Well, it's just funny. You see like these these same things, these same themes coming up in fighting, in fighting styles that have evolved over thousands of years. And I think that's because they started out naked. And then over time, they had to start covering themselves up. Yeah. Well, so they used the least amount of clothing possible. So what do you think about the two uh, judo? Mm -hmm. From my understanding, judo 
came from samurais. Right, with all the armor and stuff. Right, so those grips on the samurais Mm -hmm. are going to make a lot of sense. Yep, but they don't make a lot of sense when you put them on a gi. They do to an extent, but it's, it's... I think the leverage changes. If you do, you it does if you're playing judo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you're just doing judo, sometimes. But then again, I've I've like a lot of my grip fighting. Uh, brand new people come in, you know, and can't do even athletic right. people. Still, just good grip fighting will will fend them off. Oh yeah, um, it's like a good sprawl will almost counter almost all wrestling. Yeah, so I can't say that those grips are worthless. Being yeah. intelligent with your grips on it is is where it's important. I think treating the grips. What if there was a martial art that was just grips, right? Like not judo. You're not throwing, but it's, you, how would you do that? How would, you wouldn't like? What if the first person to grab a hold of the lapel wins? Yeah, to grab a hold to where you can't break it. Oh, you know how strong your grips would have to be, dude. I, I bet you I can grab your lapel and you can't break my grip. I don't. I wouldn't even want to jack off. Like if I had a grip that strong, yeah, like. I've always had like really stupid strong grips. Um, Mine's technical. I have, I have a long, technical grip. You do have, have some long, long fingers. fingers. Yeah. Yeah. You like, you go, you like your hands become part of the fact. Yeah. I'll hook like behind <laughs> yeah. the lapel and. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then years of rock climbing, I think it helped. Yeah. See, I, I've always had shitty grips. It's really weird. Like my grip strength as far as finger dexterity is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to get into rock climbing and I, that was one of my, my Achilles heels was that I would make the grips and it just didn't seem like my grips were stronger. Well, I'm going to start bouldering again in Little Rock. So let's go. I've always wanted to get into it. Yeah. I got, I mean, if anybody knows anything about me, it's that, uh, you get I into over, things. I overextend myself into hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> How many use are this to my favorite? Yeah. I'm bored. Call Mitch up. Let's start a new hobby. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh yeah. The grips in Turkish oil wrestling. I guess like, I don't know. There's just similar things that happen throughout all fighting styles that I think are really interesting that people are like, okay, well, you know, like universally people are understanding that this is the way that works. Like the idea of using your hips. Yeah. That's across all fighting styles just about. Yeah. And everybody universally knows that the hips and then the shoulders are like the hips of the upper body. Mm -hmm. So it's like it all derives from feet, hips, and shoulders. Yeah. Henzo said, um, once that in, in his a book that I read by him that there's only so many ways that you can manipulate the human body. Yeah. So nobody in this day and age is doing anything new. Have Period I told you end. about my mathematical equation to controlling the body? No. So I was, dude, I just went off in a rabbit hole <laughs> of my own, <laughs> like on my own brain one day. And I was like, what if, so every, you can, you can isolate the, with this, uh, aside from like fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. Every limb has about three, uh, three pivot points: your wrist, elbow, and shoulder. On the arm, for instance, okay. over your entire body, you have head, shoulders, hips, and feet. So there's mm-hmm. four. Your legs, you've got hip, knee, and foot. Okay. Uh, ankle mobility, whatever. So if you assigned um, a number to each one of those, let's say that the hip equals three, the knee equals two, and the foot equals one. Okay. If I want to control the hip, then I need to have the knee and the foot, right? Okay. Okay. So that equals three. The, what did we say the hip I was? See, was oh, three, I see where you're right? getting at. So you have to you have to equal three to control. You have to have you, it has to be an equal equal number. Yeah. Or um, or more in order yeah. to control it. 
I right? can see that. Does that make sense? And I haven't like, of course, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I can't, I'm not an engineer. I can't yeah. figure all this out. Yeah. The head would be like worth five. The hips would be yeah. worth five. If you controlled the whole hips, yeah. the both shoulders. shoulders, right? Yeah. The shoulder line, that's five. five. So, um, but the point is like, if I wanted to control your shoulder line, then I would need to find a way to control uh, your hips mm-hmm. in order to control your shoulder line mm-hmm. because that uh, equals the same. Or your head in order to control your shoulder line because that equals the same. Maybe your head and your arm. Then I control your shoulders, right? Like so a case now, of Katami. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's it hard does. to explain and like try to get people to visualize. You're onto something though. Right. And I don't know what where I'm going with it. <laughs> I don't know how to get there. But it seems like you could mathematically develop equations from there uh, yeah. to say that like if two plus two equals four, right, then you're whatever. Um, and I'm sure somebody way smarter than me can can break it down. Yeah, the important thing is to get a lever. It's to get to oh, a lever. A lever. Yeah. I always thought that was a cool way to think about it, though. No, it's if true. If I was good at math, maybe I'd be smarter and figure and, it out. And for the white belts out there, that's exactly what you learn to do over time. Like, I teach my students that if you cannot control the hips, then you have to control the shoulders. Mm-hmm. If you can't control the shoulders, you have to control the hips. Yeah. Because that's, that's where all a person's – arms and legs don't provide mobility. Shoulders and hips provide mobility in your – opponent's ability to move arms and legs are the bullets your body is the gun yeah so it it doesn't make sense for me to try to catch the bullet makes sense for me to try to take the gun away from you and no that's a great way to look at it and i I see where you're going with it and i can i can definitely see that there's something there um to explore it further hit me up john donahue (laughs) (laughs) um i was gonna ask this what do you what kind of advice do you give to your young competitive white. black belts that are trying to get better. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of advice do you give to like your young white belts? Um, Cause we were talking about grip fighting earlier and, yeah. and I've had, I have a lot of the young white belts that'll approach me and say, you know, Hey um, Mitch, can, can you show me like three? So it'll be like Thursday, which the AGF would be on Saturday. Mm, yeah. And they'll come up to me on Thursday. Can you show me a like, takedown? Yeah. Can you show me three takedowns that I can use this weekend? And I look at them. The first thing I always tell them is, is that uh, one, uh, you just need one and it it really shouldn't even be a takedown. Um, Like I had one student uh, come up and she goes, "Um, can you teach me a takedown that I can use in a tournament that isn't a single or a double leg? (laughs) And I was like, so you want me to show you a judo throw then because you're not asking for a takedown. Yeah. But um, when it comes to grip fighting, have you found that when you, when you watch two white belts learning to grip fight, it's it's the weirdest and most uncomfortable thing yeah. to watch. Yeah. You know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. They don't know exact what they're doing is they're mimicking us. Right. Right. Um, because I I always hide one lapel with my free hand while I'm like attacking grips with my right hand. Um, and I'll see white belts do that, but you can tell they don't know why they're doing it. So I do differently. Mm-hmm. I do um, a wrestler stance. One, well, like I call it a wrestler like a stance. wide stance. A little bit of a wide stance, but like left foot forward, right foot back. My left arm, which is my lead arm, mm-hmm. that elbow is tucked into that left hip, and okay. that's ready for a down arm block on that single leg. My right arm reaches, probes, protects my lapel, kind of does all the work mm-hmm. from there. Squatted low stance, right? So my rear hand is the one that's reaching. My lead hand is tucked protecting. into my hip, protecting that that leg. But I do, I I kind of see where you're going. What you're asking is like, I have concepts that I teach the white belts. So like. Maybe you don't know, you don't want to take down right now because you don't know how to grip somebody. You mm-hmm. don't know how to win that first battle. So for instance, I always tell them inside of the circle, you have to grip inside the circle. So if my, if I'm holding a beach ball, my arms, right, you have to be on the inside of that circle mm-hmm. when you grip. 
because we all know that if I'm on the outside, that's where a lot of those throws. Yeah. And, you know, people try to they get their lapel gripped and then they try to reach under and 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 make that grip or whatever. You have to be on the inside of that circle and then elbows high on the grip. Those are the two I'm things. A bi- yeah, I'm a big proponent for the elbow high, mm-hmm. the the turn in. Yeah, yeah, turning that. It's like a sprawl, um, Mm -hmm. but for for judo. Yeah. And so those are the two main things. I usually won't give them like, you know, we do quite a bit of takedown. uh, We we cover takedowns before a tournament and try to give everybody something. But most of it's like you need concepts that are going to, no matter what they do, you know, I've got to get on the inside of that circle and most everything's going to be fine unless they throw something crazy out of out of their asshole right um you know most everything's going to be okay if i get that inside grip most of my offense is there most of my defense is there um so i try to give them something that's like kind of universal for those first little bit and then you know once they get a higher rank then or to start learning more than like okay you're really good at this angle pick right let's try to go from angle pick into the saucy saracomi or something like that um do you find that that white belts, when it comes to grip fighting, they they don't they get too wrapped up in what the other person oh, is yes. trying to do? Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. So, and another thing, if you spend any time in my classes, I'll start referring everything to kickboxing and boxing. Mm-hmm. So, like one of the first things that I always tell people is like, if I'm in boxing, what's the first thing that everybody says? Keep your hands up. Right. Why? Because it's guarding my face. Mm-hmm. Okay. the The objective is punch me in the face. My arms are in the fucking way of that, right? When you're on your back, the objective is to punch them in the hips, but they keep their legs in the way of that. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. And so it's the same idea there. Um, but yeah, like if I get punched in the face and I'm like, whoa, holy shit, what? You punched me in the face. <laughs> then you're like, I'm going to punch that guy again because yeah. apparently he can't take it. <laughs> yeah. But if you punch me in the face and I'm like, all right, dude. Then like you're like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> like, you know, I can't be thinking about what the other person is going to do to me. Because then all of my, everything that I do will be a reaction to what they do. And, uh, and so I, I have to go out there and be like, I'm going to do this no matter what that motherfucker does. That's that's a big piece of even my own personal game. Um, and, and I've had training partners that I've trained with that, because um, I think it's no surprise that the um, the uh, Katagruma is my, my only throw that I can do. And... Um, but I have to establish a very particular grip with mm-hmm. my right hand. And so um, I I have a really, I wouldn't call it a habit, but I, that's it. That's all I care about. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care. What, and I will walk you down until yeah. I establish that grip. Um, and I've, I've had training partners that have been intimidated by that approach because I don't, um, I don't stop and wait and kind of grip fight. I literally just walk into you. And I punch you in the chest so I can get my grip. I am the same way. Anything but forwards a waste of time. Yep. I can't like I can't back up. I can't. If I start sitting still, like we talked about this when I fought Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Williams. Like I sat still too long and I get nervous. If I yeah. move too slow, then I'm like, oh my god, he's got something coming. Mm-hmm. I've got to go now. And I, I actually came across this when I watched. Uh, do you watch Gordon Ryan fight at the grappling industries? Yep. When he was doing the float passing stuff? Yeah, yeah. He fought a bunch of scrub yeah. black belts. You know, like they're probably good black belts, but they're not Gordon Ryan not level Gordon black Ryan, belts. Right. And they're not like Yuri Simos level mm-hmm. black belts that Gordon Ryan should be competing against. Don't don't fucking brag about your win at Naga. Right. Whenever you're trying to tell everybody that you're the you're the best black belt in the world. My point was everybody approached it the same at the same speed that Gordon Ryan decided he was gonna go out. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that. I'm like, this is I'm going to take it to this motherfucker. 
And so what I do is I like to dive my head into a choke and then go completely asleep just to flex <laughs> on them so they know I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then I wake up and I take it back to <laughs> But uh, it's like people will just like lazily pull guard and right. wait. It's like you're falling into his game. He's wanting you to play at your pace or, or he's wanting to play at this pace and you're meeting him there. And if anything at MMA that I learned, it was set your pace. Set the pace that you want to go at and don't stop. And uh, Bryce, Bryce is one of the best examples yeah. of that. He sets a pace and you cannot stop him from that pace. Nope. He practices it in the gym. Mm -hmm. People will talk to him. He's like, oh, yeah, man, I went fishing, blah, blah, blah. And then like continues to wrap up the choke. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, if anybody saw Bryce wearing a shirt uh, the other day, make sure you check that out. Yeah. Big time. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. No, it's, it's, and I'm only mentioning this because we went down that track of kind of, we had that question to begin yeah, about yeah, white yeah. belts and stuff. And, and these are some of the things that I do see a lot. The questions that I get asked a lot by the young white belts, uh, there, and even some of the blue belts. We should do it. Uh, one thing I've actually been thinking about for Patreon, <laughs> we always like bring it up during the episode so that we can't back out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we should do a Q and A on mm -hmm. the, I think oh, I'd love to. it wouldn't take that much time. I would love the to. thing that I've been holding out for, and we have, we have 25 subscribers to the Patreon yeah. now. Um, is I'm just worried that, you know, like we could do it at any time of the day and there's always going to be somebody who's like, oh, I couldn't jump on. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so whatever. Tell us when you think it should be mm -hmm. and we'll do it. Um, and, well, I mean, we have almost, what is over a hundred Instagram followers. And so if we were, I mean, you know, doing a live. Well, I want... Listen, but no, I our agree Patreon followers are special to us. I agree 100%. All we 25 have to of them. Treat those patrons. That's where we'll do we'll we'll give them free reign whatever mm -hmm. whatever questions you want to ask jiu-jitsu related whatever and then uh we'll figure out something different for Instagram. Yeah. Um we'll only allow you to ask us questions on Instagram about our Patreon. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay $5 to our Patreon to ask a, a question on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody did mention though. They were like, "Hey, you guys should do a donation." Uh, thing where we put in uh we'll put in like a dollar for every level that uh and they said me specifically because i don't think they necessarily know how weak you are at the sauce <laughs> as well um but both of us i would assume for every level we get past oh uh, yeah the problem with that is there's only five levels <laughs> so if you guys dude you'll be donating five dollars <laughs> if we make it all the way so and i don't want to let down some charity that uh Sorry, guys, I can only get past the second one, so we raised $10. To give some insight on on how I handle spicy things. Um, so I don't mind spicy things, right? I don't mind them. Um, what I don't like about um, hot wings is I have I get extremely anxious because I get uncomfortable with the fact that my mouth won't stop burning. And then I have all this shit on my mouth yeah. and my hands. And then I don't know what to do. Like I get in this, I feel like I'm inside of a box mm -hmm. and I can't breathe. And so not only is this hot wings challenge thingy or whatever the fuck we're calling it going to be extremely uncomfortable for me from the level that I'm going to throw up. It's also like severely, it, 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 it like it attacks my anxiety <laughs> at the highest level. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Like I'm, we're putting a lot of hype on this right now. Like, we need to back off. Yeah, I know. We need to put something up that I can punch, like next to it. <laughs> I'm just going to, I usually just scream, ah, <laughs> fuck. I gave a lot of thought and I, I'm, I'm probably ruining it right now, but I gave a lot of thought, you know, because milk is, is a base. That's why people drink milk yeah. whenever they're, I thought it'd be so funny to, um, 
randomly put buttermilk. Oh God, that would be <laughs> suck. It's all like thick and it's super whoa, thick. I would 50, throw up. 50 or I whatever would 100% it is. hundred percent throw up. Real quick. Hey, uh, the 29th, did I get that date right? Is it Saturday that we're doing hot wings challenge? Is that a Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, it's supposed to be that Sunday. Oh, okay. So I'll change it. Um, I'll yeah, yeah. Let's schedule. Let's do a and a on the 22nd. We don't have video to put up today. Yeah. So I'll put it out on the Patreon. On the 22nd, we meet We meet to do uh, the the podcast at noon. Mm-hmm. So let's say Sunday, the 22nd at, at noon. noon, we're going to do a Q&A before our episode. Um, What's the Patreon? Do they have – is there a way to go live so that they can ask questions live? I believe so. I'm going to have to figure that out this week. Okay. Um, you and Literally everything that you do in a podcast, uh, setting all this up, is the biggest pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the ideas I had, I was like, I'm going to set up my phone, use it as a camera and then stream it to my computer. You know, the cable will carry that, whatever. You'd think that'd be a pretty straightforward process. It is not. Mm. Oh my God. It's the biggest pain in the ass. Um, I hope you're pulling up a Cosmo quiz right now. Good <laughs> producer, man. Bam. Um, no, I, I think, and if we can't do a live Patreon thing, the, they have, what is it? It's the 15th now. So yeah. Dude, we'll do something. They have an entire week to just start shooting us questions. Yeah, we're gonna do something on the twenty second. It's most likely gonna be a Q and A. We will love figure to that do out. Q and A. It'd um, be so great to uh, to do that. And you've got a week. You've got a week to start sending us questions, yeah. and we will save every we one can of them. Fit, we can Fisher do a Q and A. I can live stream it to YouTube, and then make it a private link or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. So um, next week, next Sunday at noon. You're going to get on your computer device, your Google machine, and you're going to ask us questions so that we can answer them for you. Hopefully, it will go better than uh, our previous attempts at like ADCC coverage. Right. <laughs> Where it's just us. That was, yeah. Yeah, I had fun. I did have fun. I had a good time. Though. It was just difficult for people to listen to. <laughs> on, and honestly, that was some of my favorite artwork that I've ever mm-hmm. done for the podcast. It was really good artwork on that one. So I had two things about the Royal Wrestling that okay. I thought were, uh, yeah. well, you know, that they had that signature move, the Turk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. won all those medals. Yeah. And then before, the two rules was don't grab balls. It's a dumb no, rule. It's a dumb rule. And no hand up the ass. That's what about fingers? Well. Say, it just you know how hard it is to put an entire hand in somebody's ass? I don't. I'm asking legitimately. I didn't. Don't Lizzie want to do a, an episode well, on fisting. Oh gosh, I'm pretty sure she that brought hurts. that up last episode. Uh, thanks for the love on the international women's episode. Not everybody. I think everybody was like, "Oh, Mitch isn't on the episode." Well, considering that 90 percent of our our uh, our demographic is male, I think yep. all 18 women listen watch the YouTube yeah, video. All, yep. Um, go check that out because that was a really good episode. Lizzie and, or excuse me, Bob and Stephanie did an incredible job on that episode. I thought they did great. Yeah, well, I wasn't on it, so. Mitch cried the whole time? I didn't cry the whole time. I just showed up and was told I wasn't allowed to be on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. We had no idea you were going to be here. You know how how much it sucks to show up to your podcast and then everyone in the room go, (laughs) what are you doing here? I was like, "Uh, I came to record. Yeah. Oh, we didn't know you were going to be here. Whoops. So I sent two reminders. To remind everyone that I was going to be here today. <laughs> uh, anything else that went on this week that we want to talk about? There's not much. Um, there was some fights, but nothing really 
spectacular that I remember. I, I didn't haven't watched any of the fights. Uh, Kevin Lee got choked. Damian Maya got beat by uh, Gilbert Burns in the I've first heard round. A, I've heard a, a couple of things about that. That's um, a bit. That's a pretty big win for Gilbert Burns. I think if I remember correctly, he has. I don't remember. Will he be great in bed? Hell yeah, let's do it. Have you guys watched the um the new show Dave? Um, yeah, the, yeah, it's that's a great good. show. It's mm. so good. It's what made me think of that because the episode from last night. That I, well, I watch it on Hulu, so I get it after the fact. But yeah, I saw where he's like that he's a rapper. Yeah, little, a little dicky, little dicky. Yeah. yeah, and he was uh, <laughs> he was stressed about his penis. Yeah, and his his girlfriend made a milking table for him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. But that's what this survey reminded me of when I saw that. Are you going to be great in bed? So, Wait, what does that say? L-O-L-O-I-D-K. Do you trust him completely? L-O-L-I-D-K. I mean, yeah, I trust you. I trust you. All right. Yeah. Move on. What does that have to do with getting, having, being good in bed, though? Yeah. Like, I don't even understand You that. go over to his place. What's the first thing you notice about his bedroom? He has nicer bedding than you do. What's that smell? That's what, yeah, what's that smell? Um, I don't, I've never been in your bedroom. You know what I used to do when I was single? It's a pro tip. I used to spray cologne on my bed sheets. Did you? Yeah. I thought I was clever. I I'm sure to... every girl was like, did he fucking spray cologne <laughs> on his bed sheets? When I was single. Um, and I, so I, when I was, I was in an uh, irregular situation because I was a single father Yeah. while I was single. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, an 18 month old and a two year old and, uh, they slept upstairs in my, in my apartment. And um, so the girls who came over to do the dirty were not allowed to go upstairs. So most of them never saw my bedroom. Yeah. We would have sex on the couch and then they would leave. Nice. So, and it was a, le uh, a pleather couch from Aaron's Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Mitch's what's that smell? Mine is his bedding is nicer than. Can you do two? Yeah. All right. Is he a good dancer? I'm No. I'm not a good dancer, no, so I think most people would agree I'm not a good dancer. Yeah, it's not that I. I think I. I think I could be a good dancer if I knew how to dance. Uh, well, that's kind of what being a bad dancer is. Uh, is <laughs> uh, does he generally seem patient and confident? I'd say yeah, the yeah. patientist. Yeah, mm -hmm. these the answers, patientist. These answers are weird. They are weird. Moving on. Does he ever interrupt you? Yes. Uh huh. All the time. Yeah. No. Is there no? No. Go click on sometimes because that's the closest thing to every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of interrupting. Is he ambitious? We just talked about that. I'm we super both, fucking yeah, ambitious. We both are so very you, ambitious. Yeah. Uh, when you talk to him, does he hold eye contact? I don't. I don't I'm, either. I'm bad at eye contact. Yeah. Well, it's because I feel like if I'm looking at you in the eye. Then weird. there's like something to you're expecting something from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, is he a good kisser? Yep. Yeah, we yeah. we did kiss at one time. Mm -hmm. yep. And now I have a beard now, so I wonder what that would be like. Ooh, I was <laughs> somebody had like their button undone on their shirt at the funeral. I was like, is that so you can rub your beard on your own chest? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of party are you running? Here? Yeah. <laughs> if you disagree on something, does he try to convince you to change your mind? Uh, no. I'm, no, we, we don't really disagree. When we when we have, we've never we disagreed on the spanking and kids, but we never we're like, like yeah, that's your thing, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's we're pretty true. good there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you feel sexy when you're with him? I know I do. Yeah. I know H I do. Hard yes. Hard yes. Uh, I also, I mean, 
according to certain people, I apparently started dressing like you. So that's weird. I I don't think that they know that we've dressed the same <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. Like even when we, whenever we had our match, people were like, they have the same hair, just parted in the opposite direction. I know. <laughs> like no way. It was super weird. Yeah, because Zachary was the one that kept saying it to me, and I just remember thinking like. How little have you paid attention to me over the last five years that yeah. you just now started realizing that? You match your clothes better than I do. That's true. And I wear the same pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. I've worn the same pair of shoes for about four years now. So I think you always have better t-shirts. You wear a lot of three-quarter sleeves. Yeah, I do love three-quarter yeah. sleeves. Who doesn't? Baseball sleeve. Baseball t- See, isn't it weird that like we I noticed that? I know, right? <laughs> Some might call that being homosexual. Yeah. I would call it being bros. <laughs> what is your biggest barrier to wearing or trying contacts? Wait. What? That makes no sense. Wait, <laughs> is that a part of it? <laughs> did like we just get did we get sucked into an ad? I don't like did know, they just, it just like it's they like we're gonna be we're gonna be doing ads for one eight hundred contacts and not even realize it. What is this? It just it just well, let's stopped. answer the question. Go back up and let's see what happens. <laughs> Cause I wear contacts. Um what does it say above that? I don't like, I don't, uh, I think they are uncomfortable. I don't like touching my eyes. My eyes dry out. They aren't easy to use. All of those None, are negative. Yeah. How about I wear them and have no problem with them? Yeah. Jesus Christ, Stephanie. Cosmo, get your shit together. God damn it. Way to sneak that in. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, yeah. Lizzie's, <laughs> sorry, Stephanie. I just called you Lizzie. Whoops. Um, Stephanie's like making money on the side, selling for 1 800 contact. She's like, hey, I'll, I'll make them run an ad for you if you just don't yeah, look, e- email my email privately. They're like Ron Burgundy. They'll read anything on the screen. Yeah. Look at these hot new bachelorette guys and stupid shit they have to say about dating. I guess teeth are super white. Some of these, of uh, one of them looks like an angry mugshot. Yeah, it does. Uh, oh, the yeah, the, the one person that looks like he would be in jail. The one, the one non-white person in the whole group. They now, it makes, his... now it makes me sound racist because I said <laughs> <laughs> he does look like a convict, but because he's not smiling, he's the only one that's not showing his teeth, and he's like got his arms crossed with a you frown. Know, it doesn't make me sound racist. It makes you sound racist because I said you mean the one that looks like he would be in jail, and you said the one non-white guy. <laughs> Well, I was stating facts. There was not one non-white guy on there, and he was the only one that looked like it was a mugshot. I, I agree. He did look like he was taking a mugshot. Don't you put this on me? <laughs> Does he like you? You wanna? If you wanna know, this will tell you. I, I, did we ever get an answer from the last one? No. That's no. the thing. Is these last couple of ones? You just scroll through. You just like they're not giving you answers. Wait. Does he like you? The very first question is, does he does know, he who, know you who you are? are? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wait, do you have the computer plugged in? <laughs> is the power turned on? <laughs> what is that? Just, funny. hey, say, wait, is there one that says no? no Both of them are positive. Can we says, just say oh, no? Yeah. And then it's like, survey over. <laughs> it says, yeah, we talk when we see each other. And the other one says, oh, yeah, we hang out all the time. Both of those would mean that he knows who you are. <laughs> yeah. Does he know who you are? We when, should start writing our own quizzes. That's what we should do. Yeah. When you think, does he like me? Ooh, your I got an idea. What? I've got an idea. Audience, if you find a good quiz, send, send it. it our way. If we'll I open it. up spam, I'm going to be so pissed at you. Yeah. Uh, But for real, I don't need any help with getting spam on my computer with as much porn as I watch. Yeah. I'd... Um, Just kidding. I don't really watch all that much porn. 
I watch an adequate enough amount. Yeah, I don't feel it. For my 36-year-old age, I think I watch I watch a 36-year-old's amount of porn. Yeah. I did you did I tell you about on Facebook this girl's like uh if you think that watching porn isn't cheating, you're wrong, okay? And that, like all these girls go through there and comment like, "Oh my god, I think it's cheating." Like it's disgusting. Guys shouldn't watch porn. Blah, blah, blah. You have a wife, whatever. And I wanted to go in there and be like, thank you for all notifying me of who girls that I don't want to fuck. <laughs> 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 that I don't want to be in a relationship with. Um, yeah. You just you just respond back with 28. And then somebody's like, what does 28 mean? You're like, that's the amount of chicks <laughs> yeah, that in I'm not going to have sex I, with. I'm not going to hit up. I just blocked all of you. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because – you're not going to sit there and tell me that girls don't sit around at the water cooler or wherever it is that they congregate and talk about the hot guy in the office. The tampon machine? <laughs> Where do girls congregate at? The plan B aisle? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> guys are hanging out in the condom aisle. That's for that's not true at all. Little, di- Yeah, I know. Yeah, we wouldn't be have a plan B if there was a condom aisle. Um, the- oh, wait, there's a... There is a condom aisle, but guys aren't hanging out there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Girls are probably hanging out there to make guys wear condoms. I know. The uh <laughs> stupid. Uh what were what brought us on that subject? Why are girls congregating? Because I was they said that if you watch porn, that means you're Oh, cheating. that's right. Sorry. I brought up I the whole totally damn disagree with that. topic. My memory is going to shit. What do you think, Stephanie? Do you think that you think a guy is cheating if he's looking at porn no. in a relationship? Do you watch porn? Yes. Yes. What kind? I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> is it is it milking? Is it milking? No. What's, the, what's what, the, what is your style of like? What do you look at? What is the porn that you like to watch? Like, if don't we were get too at, specific. Yeah, it, if it, we were to look at your search bar, what do you commonly like, type in? Girl on girl, guy on guy. It's okay. You can talk to us. <laughs> um. Well, I, I don't know if I want to. Here, I'll tell you mine. Um, no, I. It's it just kind of depends on what I'm. Kind of feeling really okay. So this week, <laughs> girls are different that way. Mine's yeah, like I'm, homemade stuff. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't I want like, like VHS quality, but you like bad. But I also fast forward sometimes if I just want to just get, get to the end. Yeah, yeah. The no, end. I'm the same way. No guy has ever watched a full um, porn. I no, will not. if it has gaping in the title, I don't. Like you don't watch that. that? No. So what? It's an immediate. But you haven't answered the part. question. Like what? When you what do you type in your search bar? Um, I don't know. I it, you do know. It, well, I do. I'm trying to avoid this. You're pressing so, so damn hard. hard. <laughs> um, no, I, guy and girl, and then girl and girl. Yeah, I, it's Nothing more specific than that. I mean, like chubby Latina Harry. Oh no! I oh, feel no. like you just called yourself out. <laughs> that would be. Oh, you guys didn't ask me. Yet? <laughs> yeah. Chubby Harry Latina. Well, Singles in your area. I do love Latinas. <laughs> I uh girls with big lips like on their face, lips on their you mouth. You type that in? No. I was gonna say because you're never gonna get that. No, no, no. Not get yeah, if you type. Oh, in girls, I was just, you we were just talking lips. about my type of girl. No, I think like, yeah, you type in girls with big lips in Pornhub. You're yeah. liable to get, do you get some weird stuff. What's so, the weirdest porn that you've ever seen? Midgets. No. That's the well. Oh wait, I answered that way faster than I thought I was going to. So what I thought you were going to say is, what is the weirdest thing that you were into for a little bit? Oh, <laughs> oh, you were actually in the. I didn't ever want to be with a midget. Um, I just, for some reason they intrigued me. Yeah. And so I did, there's not a lot of attractive midget porn stuff. No. There's Bridget the midget, who is probably the most attractive. <laughs> <laughs> All the other ones, 
don't they're weird looking. the problem to me is not, like i'm not talking shit about little people i'm just saying i seriously got dumped for a midget before Did really you? was he yes. she actually was a midget wrestler mm. and yeah i got dumped. so she for was an athlete that's good i got dumped for a midget i might like if it weren't serious i wouldn't like this definitely i wouldn't dump you ever but like yeah i would fire um, you but i wouldn't yeah i'd fire you for sure um no they got married Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you can't. And well, then she left him. So. I could see <laughs> for a normal sized person. You go, girl. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I could see like, um, you know, like you're in a not so serious relationship. Where, like this thing just popped up with a midget. I'm gonna try that out. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go on this roller coaster. <laughs> so I don't normally. <laughs> I always think of this uh, this book. I so don't like... take this personally, but an opportunity arose and uh, I can't pass it up. <laughs> yeah. So I always think of the book. I hope they serve beer in hell. Oh yeah. yeah. Where yeah. he talks about he wanted to get a midget and see if she could spin. Yeah. 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 I bet they could. There are there are an alarming amount of people females that i've slept with mm -hmm. that it was just really like i wonder if i can <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what that's like i've never had that oh really um, yeah there i've are... never had a girl ever say i wonder if i can at any point in my sex life one of the sh <laughs> one of the shittiest things <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that it was shitty but like uh there was there was a girl that i had gone to middle school with i thought she was hot in middle school and then i moved away and then somehow she was on my Facebook friends group. Nice. And I was like, mm, I wonder if I can swing this. Go ahead. And I did. Did you? And I it, Were you let down? Very. Oh, I wasn't in it to be like, oh, I'm just going to dump this girl, you know, <laughs> like see if I can do it and get my revenge. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't my intent at all. It kind of happened happened that way though because like she went through my phone at 2 in the morning. And I woke up with a phone being thrown at my face. And then she was like talking to, we'd met this girl at a at a bar. And they were like, oh, we got to be friends. Let's exchange numbers. And that night, like I talked to this girl for like a week. That night, she's texting the girl like, I think he's the one. Blah, 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 blah. No, I found that out later. Yikes. And I was like, ooh, bye. Uh, but yeah, there's been a lot of times like, mm, I wonder what this one's mm. like. <laughs> <laughs> so I could totally see you like, oh, a midget? Hmm. Yeah, I went. This was years ago. I haven't looked at midget porn in years, but um, I mean, and I mean like ten years. But don't, I just remember that being like a don't weird worry about thing. It. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Literally, I don't look at it anymore. Yeah, I don't look at it anymore. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe it made me feel bigger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever watch Two Girls One Cup? I no. started to. I couldn't get all the way through. Oh, I watched it. I couldn't watch it all the way through. What? How far did you get? Uh. Right about the point where the music started. Oh, that's about when I got off. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I had someone that was like, hey, do you know what scat is? And yeah. they hit it. And I was like, oh, no, don't yeah. ever mind. It's funny that you call it scat because that's what like we refer to uh, animal, animal droppings, droppings. as. <laughs> yeah, that that was a weird, interesting time in the internet. Mm -hmm. When like, what's crazy? I remember when I was maybe 15 or 16, my parents were going through that like, Everything that you've done, son, I've already been there. I've already done it. I was like, really, Dad? Have you seen challenge accepted? Have you seen somebody's head get caught up, cut off on Rotten.com? Oh, that and was you've a been big one. Having nightmares about that for two <laughs> weeks and trying to deal with the emotional trauma. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I wanted to say that, but I couldn't tell my dad. Like, Dad, there's this website. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, did you see a guy's nuts get stapled to a piece of wood? <laughs> like, all dude, that shit was. Everything you horrible, been through, been yeah. It's like, Dad, I promise you, this is a new age, bro. There's shit going down that you couldn't imagine. Yeah, uh, I've seen some some crazy shit because of the internet, dude. You remember? Um, 
so there was a Netflix movie or documentary that came out about you don't fuck with cats. I think we talked. Oh about yeah, that. we yeah, were yeah. talking about doing an episode on that. Yeah, and so I I saw that video before that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I found it on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Like there was a whole thing on Reddit about it, and I guess when they were trying to find the guy. And uh, so I downloaded it and watched it, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" But in your mind, you almost can't fathom that it's real. So you, can, yeah. I was convincing myself that it wasn't real. I was yeah. like, "There's no way that's Which real." Which one did you see? The cat. The one. Or the guy? No, no, I saw where he was stabbing the guy with an ice pick. Okay, so did you notice though that in that documentary that more people reacted that they couldn't watch the video with the animals, but when it came to the human, they're like. Oh, I watched it like five times. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's an like, intrigue thing. It's, yeah. it's people are intrigued. It's what it is. But they're more okay with. Yeah, it's not that they're okay with it. I don't. I don't murdered. think that they're okay with it. I think that um, it it appeals to a really animalistic part of our brains where we get we get overly curious about something that we know is absolutely something we shouldn't be seeing. I think it's a little bit different though. Yeah, I think but, I think that. Go ahead. Well, they reacted and they couldn't even watch any of the videos with the animals without bawling. Right, but they're like. I've seen the human six or seven times I watched But we're naturally inclined to protect what's innocent. Yes. That was yes. You're kind of you're kind of automatically assuming that this man that's being killed is there because he wants to be. Or he deserves it. He didn't want to be killed, but I mean, you know. It is like as much as like nobody deserves to die, somewhere in your head you're making the rational rationalization that like the innocent thing I think probably was deserved it he might have been raping kids he might have like what's he doing hanging out with people that are doing these kinds of things you know but it also made me realize that some of those videos that you would see like little clips on facebook that you click on and you're like well this can't be real it's like yeah how real is it yeah could have been that i chalked it up as oh there's a lot of there's a lot of um so facebook moderators and like moderators on the internet in general um there's a lot of backlash about them having like a PTSD and emotional trauma because of having to view that's what their job is is they view these yeah. fucked up videos and then decide should this go on the internet or not um and so like these people it part of me kind of laughs whenever i hear them because it's like dude you're sitting at home on your fucking computer scrolling through videos mm-hmm. you know and it's like that's not you're not exposing yourself to anything but then again like I can't watch a movie where somebody gets like brutally murdered and I have nightmares for weeks. Like I just can't. On, I can't on that handle same that note stuff. with PTSD, no one is making you keep that job. Well, and that's the kind of, oh, I got really aggressive get in there. there. Sorry. Get in there. Um, one of the things that they were saying too was like, um, was the idea that like they could leave their job if yeah. they wanted to. Um, most of the people that are doing these jobs are like, uh, stuck at home for one reason or because of mm-hmm. health issues. But whenever you think of a moderator on the internet, like what's the kind of person that pops into your head? You know, like Yeah, they made a South Park episode about it. <laughs> right. And so it's like, uh, I can't really I know that there's a large group of those people that they're in I'm the predicament say, they're I can't in, yeah yeah and they but because of their own choices. Right. And they won't remove themselves from the right. situation but, because they're too happy being like you said though, we also have a little bit of a fascination because I remember seeing faces of death. Yeah, my grandmother yeah. had all those VHSs. I guess I'm a fucking. <laughs> she did. I, I guess them. I'm yeah. like yeah. a total anomaly because I can't watch that stuff. I it just is. can't do One it. One of the dumbest ones on Faces of Death was the guy that tried to build his own bungee cow. Uh, bungee cord. cord. Sorry, I didn't see that one. A bungee oh. cunt. <laughs> I watched. I remember um, when I watched the one where the guy jumped out of a building. That one didn't bother me because nothing. I expected him to explode, and he didn't. Yeah. So I he watched the one where 
these kids at college decided to build their own bungee cord and they were in a three-story building and idiots. built enough cord for a four-story. So when he just <laughs> jumped off, idiot. he just died. Yeah. Well. And then they're just like, you know well, how you happened? make a, you know how you fix that. You yeah. have somebody has to die, and then you shorten your bungee cord. <laughs> There's a recent video of a kid at a college party that climbed to the top of a uh, an electrical pole, and then like reaches out and was like. And just grabs it and fucking flies off of it. Yeah. What do you think was gonna happen, dude? Like, and he survived it. I was just like, dude. You know. You know what he didn't survive? Uh, the fact that he shit his pants and, and all his friends saw it, and that it's on the internet forever. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that time you shit your pants? Don't yeah. do stupid things. But People don't forget, dude. We do this every time, every single time we have a subject, mm -hmm. and then we deviate so far off of it. Oh, we totally covered Turkish oil wrestling. We did. There's not really much to say about Turkish oil wrestling. Watch the videos. They lather themselves in mm -hmm. oil and then jerk each other off until one's belly button points to the ceiling, points to the sky. Yeah, it's the circle of life. So. Uh, it is pretty interesting. I would like to... We should do a Turkish oil wrestling match. I'm not doing that. <laughs> we should do a Turkish oil <laughs> invitational. I will sponsor someone to do it, but yeah. I'm not doing it. They did They did it that, uh, that recent tournament that uh, didn't pay its athletes. Dude, how fucked up was that? I yeah, dude. Seth Daniels went off. Yeah, Seth da Seth Daniels yeah, goes off. He on goes off on everything. Though. I know, but he's not wrong, man. That dude, he's he's the only consistently. Yeah, he's still putting out shows, paying his athletes what he says he's going to pay them, and putting on good shows. Yeah, everyone else has fallen and failed. He's he's not wrong. And like looking at that, you're like, dude, how was this going to succeed yeah. ever? Like the I amount didn't... of money that he promised those athletes. Mm. Uh, Seth said that he saw the card and was like, "There's no way. Yeah, you, you cannot pay." these athletes just from looking at the names knowing what they would charge very first card all of that yeah yeah no i get it but the uh we were actually invited i think we were invited to do that tournament actually oh were we yeah by a friend that like oh. worked for them but then uh he, I mean, done he wasn't free. he wasn't involved in it of course but oh yeah i would have um, done it for free yeah I, had nothing, I had nothing to do i would have fought gordon ryan yeah. i don't give a shit um I don't remember where we were. Dude, I, my brain is so, like, in a million different places this week. It's been crazy. Um, Yo, gobbledygook. Yeah. Is that it? Is that this episode? If you want Are it to be. Done? We're at an hour and 40 minutes. We yeah. should wrap it up. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, so don't forget, next week, next Sunday, we are doing a live Q&A. We just decided that 20 minutes ago. At noon. At noon. 22nd. I'm not going to be here. You're not going to be here? You're not going to be here? I've got to go back to Kansas. Can't you do that on Saturday? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. By we, I mean me and Mitchell. Yeah, we'll figure this out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I mean, if I leave early yeah. enough Sunday, I don't can don't change your plans. Yeah, for don't us. change your plan. No, grow up, Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't change your plans for us. Yeah. Um. So we'll do a Q and A on Sunday, regardless if Stephanie's here. Make sure you hop onto the Patreon. I'll have I'll make sure to update everybody during the week and uh, let you guys know if we've got it figured out and so on and so forth. And then also make sure that you check out uh, Cruise Combat. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried to shout them out last week, but then Lizzie wanted to start talking about inappropriate things. It's a family business, and I don't want to promote them on that. That's a good point. Um, we just did talk about weird stuff, but go check out CruiseCombat.com. Use our um, our checkout code Rough and Tumble. All caps with the and symbol instead of the word. Um, and that's also in the description of 
all of our uh, on YouTube on on our recent podcasts. Um, you can find that code and that link in there. And then, um, do we have anything else? We have nothing. Nothing this week, huh? Yeah. Next mm-hmm. week we're gonna have exciting stuff. No, we won't. We say that every episode. Yeah, it's never exciting. It's not exciting anymore. Sorry, guys. Um, Lizzie stopped listening to these episodes, so we can. We she can just doesn't care we, anymore. Yeah, we can say whatever we want now. Really? That's unfortunate. Yeah, so now we have twenty six fans. Mm, yeah. Mm. So last week when she and I decided we're single. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, she stopped listening, so we can say whatever book we want. We can That's talk awesome. so much trash about her. I can't now. wait. She can't do can't anything wait. about it. Um, anyways, hit us up. Uh, let us know your thoughts, your ideas, any album reviews that you want mm-hmm. us to do coming up. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya.